How are you guys doing? This episode is sponsored by Aura. And you know, I love, I absolutely love to get these episodes start off with segments like this first one. It really does set the tone for the entire episode. So, this is a concert, and they're trying to raise the morale of these mobilized men when they seem so thrilled to be standing there in the, in the mud. You would think a DJ, by the way, would be using a different computer than, than it's, I, I call him a DJ, but he's just another Russian soldier. Uh, but the one they're using is from an American company that we all know, Hewlett Packard, especially since this is uh, going to be assumed to be government property. You would think the Russians would probably use a computer system they have. Well, they make themselves. I also forgot to mention, a, 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 I got to say hello to a handful of my VIP Patreon members real quick. Got to show them some love for supporting the channel the way they do. Uh, a. Martinez, Andrew Alfaro, Big Tone995, Carl Johnson, Cameron Hansen, Dave, Walter, Josh, Dowell, Dowell? Uh, Kyle Crawford, and Ohio Farmer46. Yes. Thank you so much. Thank you to all of you guys who are over there on the VIP members of the Patreon side of things. We actually just had a video taken down, two of them, matter of fact. Uh, because we didn't follow YouTube's policy, which is so ever-changing. This was like a, a video that was a week old. Um, I don't know why it was taken down, but it is. It's YouTube. So we actually have a quite a bit uh, video footage to go over today. We sifted through a ton of it. Now they have been busy over on Russia trying to push a narrative to their people that they're absolutely crushing it in Ukraine. Now, we've been talking about the fact that Russians have been setting up this new defensive line in on the, on the city of Kyrgyzstan for about a week or so now. I saw the people started to talk about the fact that they've also been starting to fortify uh, the city of Mariupol a few, few days back. But it was hard for me to believe it because why would they want to be doing this? Or it was hard for me to find some, some proof of it. Why would they be actually doing this? Like, you know, I, I don't know. I didn't know if I believed it. But it is true. Russia has started to construct defensive structures around the occupied area down in Mariupol. Uh, they have two plants producing concrete uh, for anti-tank structures known as Dragon's Teeth. Uh, these same plants are also producing Dragon's Teeth for the Zaporizhia region, Zap, sorry, Zaporizhia region as well uh, as Kyrgyzstan. A few weeks back, we heard that the owner of the Wagner Group had stated that they were constructing a fortified Wagner line. Yes, a quote-unquote Wagner line uh, have a, on the defensive, or excuse me, on the eastern side of the country for a defensive posture. Now, Russia is clearly preparing their entire line right now to, ho to hold some sort of like depth inside of Ukraine by creating a fortified solid line, which they haven't done in the past. Now, these fortifications being set up are clearly due to them losing all the other portions of the country where they claim to have annexed as well. Well, they claim to have annexed and kept for themselves. That's not true. Now, this statement of setting up these defensive lines can also be looked at from a different way as well. It's more political, which I believe political is probably the main reasoning, other than the fact that we need to consider that that they may be changing the optics of this war to their people. They currently have lost roughly 77,000 men. Yes, 77,000. I was looking this morning, it was like 77,001-something it's always changing. Right now, it's pretty brutal in certain areas. And this is like in the past week. They're losing roughly, we'll say, 600 to 1,000 men a day in, in the entire country. That is a lot of men. That's, this is like World War II type numbers. We haven't seen anything like this since then. You know what I mean? Um, it's just kind of, it's crazy to fathom, really. It, it really is. 
Um, then fortifying these areas will also show that they're, they're serious about keeping them and will do just about anything to make sure they are not lost. Now, the real question we should be asking is what is the long-term strategy here? Because you just don't do this without having a plan. Like a normal military, they always have a plan when they're doing stuff like this. Now, the entire defensive line we are seeing is being set up for a reason. And what is it? I don't know. I'm asking you. I don't know what that is, but they are doing it. Of course, not everybody's going to have an answer to this, but it's either political or militarily. Uh, you also got to think about the fact that they might be setting these things because they're bringing in mobilized men. It's a lot easier for an untrained soldier or person, an individual, to sit behind an area that has some cover and they know what line they need to hold. So maybe that's it. I don't know. It's just me kind of forward thinking. Now, the next intercepted call to me, um, this is. it took me a second to realize, this is this gentleman's wife and he's speaking to her. Uh, maybe she was a smoker. Maybe she had a bad cold. But either way, this is a Russian soldier who's explaining... Something wild. There's some wild stuff that is happening in the northeastern part of the country just outside of Kremina. So I guess there's only one way uh, to pay families. This is one way not to have to pay families, I guess, of the soldiers that are being killed. All you have to do is just leave them from the local canines. Do you guys know what the fastest growing crime in America is? It's actually identity theft, and there's a new victim every 14 seconds. I myself have had this problem. Yes, this happened to me years ago. I even was put on Malaysian Airlines website when that airplane went down. I was on the homepage of their website for almost 24 hours. I had so many Malaysian uh, news networks hitting me. It was, it was really, it wasn't good. It wasn't good. So that's why today's sponsor of this video is Aura. Aura is identity theft protection, fraud monitoring, a VPN, password management, and antivirus software all combined into one easy-to-use app. You might have one of these services already, but if you do not have all the tools that is like locking the front door but leaving the back door wide open, imagine trying to log into your email account one day only to see the password has been changed hours ago, and then you start to getting notifications of all activity across your bank, your credit cards, crypto accounts, YouTube. That's happened to me. It's been terrible. They posted a bunch of 18 plus X rated stuff on my account for like five days straight. That happened. But guess what? If I had Aura, this probably wouldn't have happened to me. But anyway, Aura monitors the dark web for your emails, passwords, and social security numbers, and sends alerts fast right to your phone and email. Look at this. I'm showing you guys on screen right now. Look how many times my passwords have been found on the dark web. Look at this. Look at that. That is insane. Is it not? Look, that's almost disgusting to think about it. My God. Just keeps going. Aura also gives you near real-time alerts on suspicious credit inquiries. Like if someone was opening up a loan or a line of credit or a credit card inside of your name, they will alert you. Aura VPN allows you to stay anonymous online by keeping your browsing history and personal information safe and encrypted. And their antivirus software that will uh, actually block malware and viruses before they infect your device. Protect your family and yourself from identity theft at Aura.com forward slash speak the truth. And if you sign up right now, Aura will give you a two-week free trial with my link at the very top of the description so yourself and your family and your friends, tell them about this. Show them how many times that you will find yourself and your family members' personal data on the web. Click the link at the very top of the description and get a two-week free trial. Why do you want to do it? Why wouldn't you want to do it? It's free. Go check it out. See how many times your information is all over the web. It's going to make you feel real uncomfortable, real unpleasant. But go check them out. They'll be linked at the very top of the description. Thank you so much to Aura for sponsoring today's episode.
Now, the Russians are at least planning ahead, or, or some are just, just in case this initial mobilization of men doesn't work out. Если это война, во-первых, к ней надо было быть готовым, а во-вторых, а если она не первая, а если она не быстро закончится, то что тогда делать? Hey, you know, I, I'm very glad he brought up the concerns about their prostates, also their kidneys, all through the rough years of drinking. I actually have some good video proof of their current state of these men he is talking about, that they can run, they can jump, and they can sleep on the cold ground. Да, конечно, хули. Чисто я запечатлел. Now I'm going to say it's it's going to be a long winter for the Russians, especially like the Russian military. That is, if they're relying on men like this, I love how he went to reach out for the tree, and that son of a gun wasn't there. He missed completely and just just barrel rolled down the hill. Just didn't even just didn't even try to stop the roll. He just said, "All right, Mother Earth, let's just I'm just going to take every every stride with it." Just. Oh, God. I, I, I guess the person, whoever was filming, decided it was probably a good idea. They probably saw him walking across the street stumbling. They're like, oh, I'm going to film what happens here. They ended up pretty good. Now, we have seen in the past the Russians, once they start losing like some ground or losing an area, losing a narrative, they have no real control of the situation. They respond like an angry child who doesn't get their way by threatening the entire world with their mighty nukes. That most likely don't work. Now, just wait a second. Is he talking about New Jersey, like our New Jersey? Or is he talking about a different one? I, I'm pretty sure he's, he's talking about there's our New Jersey. Like there's more goats than humans in New Jersey. I, I would venture out to say there's probably not even a single goat in New Jersey. And that's also a very weird way to put a scenario that you're trying to explain. New Jersey is literally an island full of concrete. There, I don't, I, I've been there like three times and I don't even know... This is going to sound really, I'm not, I don't live there, but I'm sure there's some of y'all who do. I, I don't remember ever seeing any green, like grass, like farms. I'm just going to throw that out there. But anyway. Нужно сделать что-то, да, Роман, что поднимет ставки. Что да. именно, сбить что именно. Вы или что-то. Да, я объясняю. Now, you know, they all laughed at this gentleman. Like, he brought up a very, very valid point. Everyone in the room thinks... Like, to sober up the West, they need to have a stronger military or they need to strike something that will make us cower in the corner. Now, honestly, that's completely the, the, the total opposite side of the spectrum. Like, the thing that makes us so different from the Russians is the fact we basically control all the money and have all the money to beef up, or, uh, beef up our military. And I'm talking about not controlling the world's money, but you guys, like, the entire world is back behind the U.S. dollar. That's just that's the way it is. Now, the guy who said this, um, is thinking about like uh, becoming a top lo uh, global economy. He's correct. Like without a powerful economy in capitalism, do you really think that we would be as powerful as we are now? That is the United States. There's absolutely no way we would be even half the size we are if we didn't think about business first and care about uh, our country's ability to generate revenue. So yes, Instead of laughing at the guy, they should probably listen to what he has to say because it honestly was the best opinion in the room at the time. Now, this next one is, is, is a good example of why we, we bring up Russian state TV clips and stuff like that. They talk about all the Nazism and everything like that. If you didn't believe that the Russian civilians inside of Russia believed that Nazis inside of Ukraine were true, well, don't you worry. I have stumbled upon a video that will help you get a better understanding of just how, how some of these people really think. Yes. That was kind of a tongue twister, but it is what it is. Russia справляется. Если Россия справляется и будет идти до конца, тогда зачем им призывать всех? Они не всех призывают. 
Now, it did look that this lady was at work on a break and possibly may have known this uh, lady to be a supporter, I guess you would say, of the war. So she wanted to get a reaction for video sake. But just for proof, this this was really uh, a, a clear indication that... The, that the Russian state TV, the stuff they're posting, does have an effect on the civilian population that watches it. All right, so this is the first time we haven't seen any movement from either side in the northeastern part of the country, all along this line, okay, in the last 24 to 36 hours. From what I can tell, though, the Ukrainians have been inflicting some major damage on the Russians just north of Kremina with artillery strikes. So along this line, just this big square right here, that's the area I'm talking about. It's, it's also not just the Russians who are taking casualties in this area, by the way. And we need to mention the fact that Ukrainians are also taking some large casualties as well. You wouldn't be doing the men who lost their lives any justice by just thinking otherwise. You know, you, you wouldn't be doing it. Like, this, this, this is a brutal area right now, and I don't think it's going to get any better anytime soon. Like, whenever I, got, I tell you guys about the fighting as being brutal, it really is. It's very, like, the stuff we have not seen since World War II. Like, legitimately World War II. Now we're going to slide out of this area because there hasn't been a lot going on. I know the Russians have also attacked Bilirvika as well in the last 12 hours. So Bilirvika has been under attack by the Russians. But sliding south here, we got Bakhmut. So Bakhmut itself, the fighting on the outskirts of Bakhmut has simmered down. It just decides to pick back up. So over the last 24 hours, the Russians have kicked off a few different movements on the outskirts of the city itself. So all through here. All right. Now, they have been kicking them up just a little bit. They, they really are trying to get a hold of this area, and they have been for months. Like I said, I don't really entirely know what the end goal is here for them, uh, what, what motivates them, or, or what they're really trying to gain. I, I only thing I can think of is they might try to get the access to that main route that goes farther west. They want to push farther west, but do they really have the resources to do so, even if they took this city? By the time they take the city, if they were to take this city, they would have lost, I don't know, well over 10,000 men trying to do so. And that's not a far-fetched number. That really is not a far-fetched number. So just south of here, as we slide south, you have like New York and you have Avika and these kind of areas. The Russians have been attempting to take ground in the outskirts of Avika uh, over the last 12 hours, 24 hours, but they've been very unsuccessful in these attempts. But this falls right in line with the fact that they're ramping up their efforts all along the southeastern part of the country, and they have been sustaining some pretty heavy losses while doing so, especially down in Pavlika, which is going to be just kind of southwest of here. So we're going to slide out of Edvika and slide down to Pavlika, which is right here. As you get, well, you can barely see it, but Volodar and Pavlika, this whole area right there. Now the Russians, they, best way to put this is, they've been having, they've been attempting to push through an area where the Ukrainians hold the little high ground there is in this area, the hills. Okay, now high ground, no matter what, is an advantage. I don't care where you're at. If it's if it's a hill, and you're on top of it, you're going to have the high ground advantage. I don't care how, like, it, of course, height matters, but in this area when it's really flat, it does matter a lot. Now, there is a letter that has actually been made public by the men of the 155th Marine Brigade that is the Russian Army. They said this, you know the ones who had attempted to take Pavlika but got their teeth kicked in. That's the one I'm talking about. They lost 300 men in process. The, the letter was addressed to the higher-ups to call out for the officers that were attempting to receive awards and bonuses for trying to advance to take this town. Okay, they stated publicly that they lost 300 men, 
and many are still missing or have been wounded. And it was a four-day fight, okay, four-day span. 50% of the vehicles were also destroyed, and that's just from their brigade. They said their command has been hiding and replacing the actual figures of losses for the fear and the responsibility that may come down on top of them. They said they attempted or they attempted to slip through uh, what they call them, like wooded tree plantations, basically just tree lines, wood lines, where the Ukrainians were heavily fortified, which ended up being their, their major demise. So they're calling out their upper chain of command for not having the ability to actually figure out and coordinate a very good plan of action to take an area. Like they couldn't even evacuate the wounded. Uh, the Ukrainians also destroyed the ammo supply route for this area. They ended up uh, asking their supreme commander, was the main goal here, to send a commissioner uh, that doesn't fall under the current chain of command because the guy would actually be protected, I guess, rather than seeing they they want it, they want an independent to come down and help, which I don't think that's going to be the case. That's just another bad ending for the Russians with their incompetent leadership, their commanders, that is, attempting to maneuver them where they shouldn't even be. So we've seen this over and over and over again, and it's just I just I don't get it. They just don't learn, and it, covering it up is not going to help them at all. For one, if you don't learn from your mistakes at war, you're just going to continue to repeat them, which we've seen them do. That's why they're not being successful anywhere in this country. It's it's really is nuts. I know I say that, and you look at all this red, but a lot of this red that's here on this map right now is stuff that's been like this since 2014, except for down south of here, now, down around Mariupol, which is this is the area we were talking about them setting up all those fortified positions, which is kind of crazy because you think of how how deep behind the front line this is right now, and they're expecting possibly to lose all the way to there, or I, it's it's pretty nuts. Um, I did read something this morning. I actually forgot to to put this in my notes. Is the fact that uh, there is a, a retired army general who is stating that he believes by summer Crimea will be, in fact, liberated. The way that the Russians are set up right now and how worn down they are and how beat up they are, there's no way for them to actually hold that side of the country, so they will be losing Crimea if they did that. My God, this entire war would have been pointless. The by then, and God knows how many it could 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 be upwards of a quarter million people could have been killed by the time this happens. Right now, we're sitting at like what seventy seven thousand, not including uh, Ukrainians. You could be sitting at over hundred k right now, hundred twenty thousand. Who knows? Anyway, we're gonna shift over to Kyrgyzstan. Moving out this way, nothing happens all along this front really ever. But down here in Kyrgyzstan is where it gets really interesting. I still have actually the the blue indications where those those fortified areas were. So we can kind of gauge. I, I know this whole front line is going to change. Right now it sits roughly kind of like this. I expect them to pull back on some phase line at some point here soon. I don't know when that's going to be. No one does. But the situation on Kirsten is kind of a brutal one for the Russians to accept them actually losing the city and what's going to happen. It's going to happen at some point. We just don't know when. Like They keep making the needed adjustments for this and have been doing so and making uh, plans with doing things like this. <laughs> Ну, похоже, россияне там. будут все сдавать это, все дело. Так дальше. Now he is asking the questions that most should be asking if they're in the Russian military, just Russia in general down in Kyrgyzstan. Uh, if you want to continue this fight for this dirt, it's pretty much what it is, for this dirt inside this area, and you don't want to give it up, but you want to come back and get it, and then you claim you're going to come back and get it at a later date, after the Ukrainians have rebuilt the fortifications in the city itself, the simple question to ask that I'm not sure no one is really asking over there inside of Russia, like, what are we doing? Why? We're going to pull back, let them fortify, and then come back later? That doesn't make any sense. Uh, also, down inside the uh, city itself of Kyrgyzstan, Russia has actually, Russians, that is, have switched over to civilian clothes and begin to construct urban fighting positions. I'm not entirely sure if this is a, a plan to, to, see, to make it seem like the local population is on their side helping, or if this to hopefully 
conceal the fact of what is going on. I know they have ramped up the searches inside the city as well, seizing like mobile phones from civilians that are still left in the city in an attempt to find partisans who are helping the Ukrainian government, which is not too shocking. I would assume some of the ones who stayed probably are helping the Ukrainians, but... I mean, there's thousands of people there, so it's going to be kind of difficult. But Russian propaganda crews, like video crews, have also entered the city recently, which is, of course, going to end up on Russian state TV showing, like, Ukrainian is, is the one that's ruining and destroyed the city. If curious, look what they've done. So we should be seeing that kind of footage here very soon on Russian state TV. So hope you guys did enjoy this video over here, this episode. I do love you guys. Thank you so much. I'm out. I'll see you tomorrow.